With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to the best of Crunch Time. Remember, you can catch Crunch Time live from 12 every Saturday on SEN. Now, this weekend was Finchie's birthday. So Joel and Brendan got the lowdown on what Finchie had been doing to celebrate in lockdown. We had a story about Steve Price in the 2016 Grand Final, as well as Brendan Cowell's time in lockdown. What has he been up to since the Olympics? Have a listen. There's a theory about Steve Price. Oh, this is probably something yeah. that I'm just passing on that's not even true, but, you know, that's what radio's for. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm an actor at the end of the day, so, you know. Um, he's in the 2016 Grand Final, you know, with there's about 30 seconds to go. Yeah. Half the, the Cronulla Sharks team, you know, Melbourne Storm are coming up to try and score, yeah. and it was bringing back horror memories of, you know, of Billy Slater doing exact same thing yeah. to us so many times with a minute to go, and... and Sharks dream shattered, and they they shift the ball. They go to shift the ball left, yeah. and they don't. They go the other way. Is this involving a blue shirt? And it involves a blue shirt. Yeah. Can you can you elaborate on this? And who well, who was wearing the blue okay. shirt? Okay. Well, well, this is how the uh, the tale goes, right? So, yeah. And, and and can't confirm or deny. But no. He, but he's very very hearsay. He's very so he was a very good rugby league player, Steve. He was yeah. a five eight, and hearsay is this, right? I think it's a coincidence. So there's a big overlap. Right, yeah. the Melbourne yeah. Storm. If they go left, they're going to win the grand yeah. final. Yeah. Right, but the Shark he's wearing the blue jumpers. Steve may or may not have realised that they're very short on he that side. Up, what he jump on the end of the a, line? And may have been outside <laughs> that winger. And peripheral visions, you look up and <laughs> no, no overlap there. Go back to the right hand side. Yeah, and and then eventually Ricky Latelli. Ricky Latelli, ball and all yeah. tackle. Yes. Cronulla Sharks win the grand final. And then, Nick Ennis uh, is running around going, Fafoida! 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 Andrew Fafoida! Fafoida! I orgasmed yeah. and the rest is history. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I, this guy here, he was part of the Zoom last night. So what we did last night, Brendan, yeah. in fact, I wish you had been part of this. We might get you on next Friday just to uh, have a bit of a celebrity appearance on yeah. the Zoom so we had a Zoom last night while we're calling the game and all of our loyal listeners are there from Cooey Corner. And Damo from the Riff, he was very solid, yeah. wasn't he? Well, yeah, he's, He was there from start to finish, He said, morning, Damo. boys. I'm on my third Red Bull already. Giddy up. Damo from the Riff, who will be very, very happy, of course, because he was sporting the Panthers. logo of the Panthers. Yeah. Well, he was up against the Reptile. Yeah. Mad South man. We haven't heard from the Reptile. Um, so 0457 736 736, by the way, is the way to have your say. You can also call us one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. What's been happening uh, in the last week or so, BC? I haven't seen you. Oh, mate, yeah, last couple of weeks, I've um, I've spent a lot of time in, yes, um, mm. just indoors, yep. uh, which has been great. I'm down there in Bronte, so I see the great Andrew Johns down there this morning swimming with his daughter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just writing. I got the novel coming out in four weeks. Four weeks. So just starting the publicity on that and yep. um. 
you know, I looks like I'm going to hang around. I got a bit of an acting job later on in the year and writing a couple of TV shows. So, so how hard is that right now? Or is that similar to the radio? You can march on a little bit with the acting? Yeah, the, we're shooting a little bit. I think because New South Wales was going to become, you know, kind of Universal Studios for a yeah. while there. Everything was moving here. Yeah. Uh, but now everything's moving out. <laughs> 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 and, and all those all those movies. Universally gone. Yeah, yeah universally absent. Yeah. Um, and the fickle nature of the fair weather friends of Hollywood have bailed out the back Why door. Why were they coming to New South Wales in the first place? Because we'd won COVID, yeah. hadn't we? We won it. Yeah. We won the COVID grand final. Yeah, we were. We were free, and so they thought, let's just do every movie here. All the movie stars were like, I'll bring the family. We'll set up. Do you know, I've always loved Australia. Yeah. I'm never. I'm going to do every single movie here. Oh, hang on. The viruses, we're out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. now it's... That's kind of over, but um, I feel like wherever you go all around the world, you know, it's just a different type of nightmare. Yeah. We've got a nightmare here, but, you know, it's just one variety. Mm. Nowhere's doing well. I've got some late mail, by the way. I heard this this morning on our walk. So Chris Hemsworth, where would home, is he in Byron or something now? He's, he built a massive, like, Westfield yeah. in Byron Bay. Okay. Just to vibe in with the community. Yes. You know, just to be a part <laughs> of it. Yeah. Just to seamlessly flow in. <laughs> yeah, no one will yeah. notice where Chris no, lives. No, no, no one will notice my house with a bowling alley. <laughs> yes. And 47, basically the queen-sized house, you okay. know, just kind of moved in. So he's up there. In, he's killing it with that uh, fitness app. Okay. That's what exploded because in COVID, and you get access to him and trainers, and I don't know. Because he'd need, he'd need that money, wouldn't he? For yeah, because <laughs> he's probably doing, he's probably short. Yeah, yeah, the, he'd be short. Yeah, Marvel probably no, made no money from Marvel. Well, or, you know what? You don't get paid a lot from those big movies mm. unless they, you know, you get a mm. chunk of the back end, and then you get paid every mm. time you go to the toilet, really. Yeah, but um, yeah, he. I lose he, money every time. Do you? <laughs> That's a different – have another Red Bull. Uh, um, but no, he, he's up there, and, you know, that's why they moved, like, Thor to the Gold Coast. Yeah. He's like, I want to bring my dog to set. Yeah. So he's just got the life. It's weird. Every time you see Hemsworth, like, the next film, you go, oh, he can't get any bigger. Then you turn around yeah. next time, he's got muscles on top oh, of the yeah. last muscles. Yeah. Like, the dude – like, I don't know what can happen next. Yeah. How old you would he be, Chris? Like, when, when's the top of being big? Yeah. yeah, like where where's the roof on that? I know. I think he's only his thirties, isn't he? Well, what it, so so this article came out in the Daily Telegraph. This was in mid June. Insane Sutherland Shire mansion with bowling alley and twenty three bathrooms because you need twenty three bathrooms mm. to shatter records. One of the most significant homes ever built in Sydney in Australia is set to come to market next week. The palatial trophy home at Burrineer in the Sutherland Shire is simply epic with almost four thousand square meters of internal space across six floors, and it goes on. Being marketed as Australia's finest house, the property is owned by entrepreneur Steve Shelley, Steve Shelley who yeah. purchased four adjoining homes and spent a reported $30 million over four years to build the masterpiece. And I can show you guys. You can Google the article. It's got the infinity pools and everything. All that. The bowling alley. Lily, Lily Pilly, isn't it? Uh, uh, yes, pro probably. Yeah, yes. So yeah. I'll show you the photos, etc. anyway. But my mail is this. Chris Hemsworth bought it. Is he? That's my mail, that he has bought it and he's moving down to the Shire. Do you know why? Nico Hines to come to Cronulla. Yeah. <laughs> Massive Sharks fan. Him and Pricey uh, were a package deal. Yeah, Nico he Hines, he, Dale Finucane. Forget Russell. He wants to be on the sideline of Sharp Park with Brennan Cowell. Yes. That's what that's what he's angling yes. for, isn't it? That's How many massive. games did you get? So no COVID. How yeah. many games did you get to a, a year? Oh, if I was in Australia, yeah. I mean, I've been in London the last five years, but um, well, I'd go to all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go to all the home games. I mean, all, all my mates are there on the hill yeah. and my uncle's there. So I either go and hang with my cousins and my uncle. Used to take my nan. 
Um, or I'd go and stand there with like my year 10 class yeah, and they're all exactly the same position <laughs> and they, and they don't like, if I haven't seen them for four years, they don't say, yeah, Brendo, what's changed. been going on? Nah. I just go, beer, beer, and you just stand next to them and start talking about the game and nothing's changed. It's mm. one of the great magical things on yeah. earth that, and the banter on that hill, it gets, it gets less classy. Yeah. Um, especially if you're losing in the mm. second half, but it's pretty strong banter mm. on the, on the hill. Um, yeah, so I, I miss that a lot. I was taking my nephew to um, Cogra this year, and that, that was really Stop. fun. Yeah. Really? You like yeah, going yeah. to Cogra? Yeah, it was good. it's good to take your nephew, get a part. You know, you're closer to Sydney and everything. Um, and they had a couple of games in a row a few times. Um, so you could stand there and watch Canberra and Titans afterwards yeah. and stuff like that. Double headers. Um, yeah, nothing like Shark Park. What's the Shark Park going to look like once it's done? Are they going to keep some significance of what the past stadium used to look like or is it going to be a massive grandstand across that I think side? they're going to have the, there's the Brennan Cowell Western stand <laughs> <laughs> um, because like Russell I you know I approached them to buy the club and I said do you do contactless afterpay mm. installments over 70 years <laughs> <laughs> so we're and they're desperate so yeah, we're, nego- we're in negotiation at the moment on all that yeah Hello and welcome back to the best of crunch time and in segment two, the boys went through their best tequila stories. Some interesting ones in here with Brendan and Finchie. Um, the other night, did you have a couple of drinks or we well behaved? Well, was, we like, we had drive, we were in drive and then we did the, called the game and we got off, we got time we get, what time did you drop me off sugar? About nine, quarter past nine, nine thirty. And yeah. I've gone in and I thought I watched the end of the, the Penrith South game. So I've sat on the couch and. The missus is usually tucked the little girl in the bed. She's in bed anyway. She's coming down the couch. She's next, <laughs> so she's drinking a cup of tea. And I'm trying to watch the footy. She keeps talking to me. She's very up and about. And I'm not really answering the questions properly. And you know, I just giving her one word answers, mm. trying to make yeah. not be rude. That I'm watching the footy. And she yeah. kept kept talking, kept talking. Look at her. I said, "If you've been drinking, yeah, I got a bottle of tequila sent to me. She'd opened uh. the bottle." Really, and she'd had she'd been on tequila without asking you. But it's my birthday. But then she hid it. She tried to hide it in the mug. Oh yeah, we've all been there. Hide it in the mug. So uh, I ended up having a few tequilas. Yeah. Oh, did you? How many did you have? A couple. Did you? Yeah. Did you shake it up into a margarita with the lime juice? And the no, 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 no. Just Vinci style. Yeah, just get straight. straight to it. Yeah. Do you know I I can't drink tequila anymore. Mm. If I smell it, I'll inst- instantly mm. gag because mm. when I went backpacking in 1999. <laughs> I was staying in Barcelona at the Kabul, shout out to mm. the Kabul backpackers, yeah. on the main drag there. In, and um, they had a thing called the 40 Club. Yeah. And you go to 10 bars and you've got to have 40 shots of tequila. Oh. And then you make it onto the plaque. Yes. And they'd been doing it for 16 years or something. There's like 11 people on the plaque. What? And I'd been backpacking for four months. Oh, match fit. So I was like, if it's ever going to fuck, if it's ever going <laughs> to if, if it's ever, if it's ever going to happen, yeah. it's going to happen tonight. Yes. Because I can take on anything. Yes. You know, I've been through Amsterdam. Yeah. I've been through London, Scotland. Yeah. Like, what do you got? Yeah. Like, yeah you're ready. So you've got, you've got like, number 12 written all oh, over Oh, mate. I was like, sign me up. Yeah. But, um, so I, I, I and... I, so I timed it out and I went 10 bars, four shots a bar. Yeah. You're in a bar for an hour. Um, so it was 15 minutes. It's 50, every 15 minutes a shot. Mm, if you yep. break that down, that's pretty easy numbers, isn't it? Yeah. You can even sip. You can even do the shot in thirds. One, it third sounds shot. easy. It sounds easy. Yeah. So I, I kicked off and I always have a little bit of a beer on the side. 
Anyway. The beer chaser. Yeah, just the beer chaser to keep me going. My mate who was with me, um, also an actor, he, he'd he found, you know, a bit of love in Spain mm. halfway through the night. No. Hemsworth. Was yeah, he, yeah. Russell Crowe, Hemsworth, yeah, all yeah. of them were there. Yeah. And he's ducked off with the sangrias and the bird. Mm. I've lost him. Yeah. And there's me me and a really big, tall Canadian guy. <laughs> and there was this, How far into the challenge are we? There's a beautiful Barcelona <laughs> girl. Yeah, and he's, yeah. Yeah. BC just went, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Don't, don't interrupt me. I've got bigger fish to fry yeah. here. I'm getting on that I wall. I thought we were yeah. on this Getting on that wall. <laughs> I'm I miss Barcelona. Have you got yeah. time? No, I no. no, because we're going to Paris next, and I thought yeah. we'll chill things out with the pastries and the nice walks yeah. in Paris. Like we'll peak here. Yeah, and um, you know what I mean. And then bring it home. Anyway, I, I was probably on about sixteen, seventeen over four or five bars. Gorgeous Canadian artist girl mm. next to me. I was being hilarious. We go into this in this bar, and the guy says, "If you put a tequila shot in between all of your fingers." Like this, and you go bang, bang, bang with your hand backwards with one hand, bang, 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 bang. You get double points. Oh! So I was going to go from seventeen to twenty-five <laughs> oh. with three bars to go, and I was feeling all right. I was like, okay, I'm going to go seventeen to twenty-five. <laughs> They'll have three bars to only do five shots. The Canadian girl, Rochelle Rachel, is next to me thinking I am. Rochelle Rachel. I'm going to win, get on the park. Rachel and I are going to have a a little Barcelona evening. You know what I mean? Win, win, win. Her dangerous lures of the night. Mm. You know what I mean? Anyway, so I go bang, 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 bang. Next thing I remember, everything coming up. The barman had a cowboy hat on and a singlet. I threw up (laughs) on his arms, on the barman's arms, and I fell backwards. And I woke up down at the yacht club, and there was a a, a lady from Brisbane saying, "I think it's, <laughs> I think it's love," and uh, and that that's why I can't do tequila. Oh. But I'm glad you had a great birthday. <laughs> there was what outcome did you think? Did you honestly think I've got I this just covered? thought, you know, I, I was 23, yeah, I was 22, no. 23. I was at the end of the thing, and you know, it, it was a challenge. It was an ego challenge yeah. at the mm. time. My ego was just like, I've got, I'm getting mm. on that plaque. And now I, I just had to stand back the next morning and just Whoops. applaud the plaque because mm. it's like you really, but I, I feel like if I didn't get lured by the, the yeah. finger the double, double challenge, yeah. the double yeah. points I might have yeah. been home. But this place, the Kabul, it's just a warehouse. Mm. Um, the, the common rooms, a 24-hour warehouse with vending machines of Heineken and yeah. stuff like that. And so it's just this, and you're in a room with 26 dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just decrepit, but <laughs> great time. So, so you, you now understand why there's only 11. The ocean's 11 up there on that uh, plaque. Yeah, and and hats off to them. And I hope I meet them all throughout my life because mm. they are, you know, what what did, did you ever bump the bartender again? The cowboy hat. Oh, that's you, you know what? I should go back now mm. and say sorry. The poor mm. guy. Though I'm sure if you're bar seven or eight yeah, on the on the forty challenge, yeah. Yeah. your chance. Then, like, what do you expect? Yeah. Have you guys ever? <laughs> and, and we should uh, at this moment uh, emphasise that you need to drink responsibly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is yeah. back in our youth when. I mean, I don't drink anymore. No, uh, that may well be the reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you guys ever in your in your younger days uh, do the hundred club? No, the hundred. No, no I never did. Uh, What's the hundred? Hand? You've done it, Brooksy. Hundred. Hundred million. So what? It's a hundred shots of beer. Right, on the minute. On the minute. Okay, so you start off and you you have your shot of beer and you go, oh, how easy is this? And then you get to the next shot and away you go, right? And you think it's the easiest thing that you've ever done in your life, right? But then all of a sudden you get to about the hour mark, 60, which is nowhere near the 100, and you feel like that little shot glass is a schooner. Mm. And the minute, the minute clock's just going, I highly recommend you don't do that. Uh, ever in your life. 
clearly to put your mic on. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should have your mic on, BC. Yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. Have you ever had the, um, the camera down the throat or up the buttock? No. Um, Nil by throat, up or down. You have to drink that liquid. Yeah. The day before. Oh, yes. That, no, yeah, that yes. makes your buttocks yeah. go like a garden hose. <laughs> yes. You know, when you yes. leave the garden hose yes. on the lawn no, yes. or you go, it doesn't. It's just flips around. Yeah, you know, in the pool. That, that's, that's your anus. Yes. Uh, for <laughs> a whole afternoon. <laughs> yeah. But you drink this yellow liquid, yes. which at the first sip, you're like, this is a beautiful uh, citrusy cordial. Yes. This is gorgeous. And then about four hours later, the darkness descends and you can barely get a little bit in. That's right. And then it just starts and you start pooing stuff from the 80s, <laughs> like the wasabi peas, stuff from the rave scene. Anyway. Uh, uh, plenty of text messages coming through. 0457736736, Brooks. Can I give you guys some stats? So we've been on air for 30 minutes. We've yeah. talked league for two. Yeah. The Steve Price signing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Barcelona's really dominating in yeah. eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next 90 minutes, boys. Okay, two and a half talking about rugby league now. Was that, uh, a, Was that a hint? Uh, Cooey, boys, great first Zoom last night. Never done that before. Quick look back to get a um, black Canadian club from the fridge. Then I let the new puppy inside. Hard to watch the game and listen to Chash, but we'll see you all next week. Hillstorm Maroon from Hillstorm. Gippsland, Victoria. Keep safe. Uh, hi, boys. I have... Um, a loss over, not a hangover. Oh, a loss over, uh, not a yeah. hangover. Any remedies for a South supporter? Mark from Mortdale. Uh, David from Singapore. Great drinking stories, boys. Love the show. Uh, okay, right, eh? We'll talk we a bit go. of fun. No, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. We get the point. Welcome back to the best of crunch time. And now get ready for this, Seg. You need to be ready for it. It's a big one. Friday night footy. A whole review of both the games. Big ones. Bennett, the bunker. And we have a little bit of inside audio from Anthony Griffin calling Moses Sully after his good performance for the Manly Seagulls on Friday night. Of course, the Seagulls moving into the top four. Have a listen. We get the point. <laughs> Penrith 25 defeated the Rabbitohs 12 boys. The Rabbitohs led 12 duck egg uh, at halftime. And the Panthers ran home over the top of them. 25 unanswered points. Did you get to see uh, that particular game while you're celebrating your birthday? Finchie, that second half. And BC, did you catch it? Yeah, I, all sitting in here watching... Um, we're doing the Cooey Corner the yeah. last hour, and, and, and Souths were right on top physically, um, dominating energy-wise. And I remember thinking when it was 12-0 with maybe 10 to go, 12 to go, I thought if Penrith can get to the break at 12-0, that's a win for them. Yeah. You know, that, that is a they'll be happy with that. That's how dominant Souths were. I think the difference with a Penrith or a Melbourne is, you know, when Souths have got that lot of momentum, possession, uh, field position, you know, the 12 points they score against Penrith, that might be 26 against another team. Yeah. You know, your Mel your Penrith and Melbourne is going to hang in there. You know, they're going to dig their hills in and turn them away uh, and see through that and get momentum back the other other way, coming out the other side. So I thought, I thought though, if South were going to win, they had a lot going for them last night. I thought Penrith may have been still a little underdone in terms of at their best with Nathan only being back yeah. a week. Uh, Fisher-Harris still out. Toto's still, still out. So I still think they're... A, a week or two away from their best, uh, and to give a twelve nil lead away and come back and, and really win going the other way. Yeah. Um, South didn't score again. I think South one, I guess Achilles' heel for for South is because their plan A has worked all year. Yeah. You know, bang, 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 and, and it's so easy. Yeah. You know? And and that's not their fault because they can only play who's in front of them, and they've been they're terrific to watch. You know, against the the, the good teams, the top teams. You know, it's not going to be that easy or they might shut that down, you know, or not have as much time to do it. I think they struggle to go to a plan B. 
Yeah. You know, mm. they rely heavily on that left-hand side, and so it should. It's a, it's a magnificent edge. Um, but Penrith have got probably a bit more different points of attack. Well, if it's not working to Luai, we'll, we'll work across to Isaiah on the other side, the right-hand side. So they've got different points of attack. I think they've done really well to hang in there. Uh, and when it turned and South put the, were under the blowtorch, they didn't handle it as well as Penrith. And I think it's a huge win for, for Penrith. Absolutely. That, that's four games South Sydney now have played Melbourne and Penrith this year, BC. Twice got smashed. Mm. But that's four games. They're none from four now. They're yeah. none from four against those two top teams. Week one of the finals, they're going to play South uh, Penrith again. That that is that's their knockout game, won't it? No, nah, it, it'll if they lose that, they'll, oh, they'll be play pushed, the winner of five and eight. Yeah, it pushes six, seven, it pushes yeah. them to the side of the Melbourne Storm. So true, that week true, one true. is a massive, massive game for them. And look, yeah, I I mean last night we've kind of forgotten about Penrith. Yeah, like it's you know Penrith of you know for want of a, a Des Hasler term flown under the radar because of the injuries. They got bashed up in origin. They had yeah. half the team out in origin, which is the curse of a great team. Mm. They And everyone's kind of going, geez, man, they could win it. Or Melbourne will probably win Melbourne. That's right. Penrith, for the first mm. eight, ten rounds of this year, were playing some of the best football you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, so fast. They just swarm on defences. You know, it's just like, how do you stop it? They're so tough in the middle. They've got so many options. And then that guy, Nathan Cleary, he only needed one game and a moustache and he's just like, <laughs> like he, what did he kick over 800 metres? Yeah. And, and it was a tactical game and he just put on an absolute show. But <laughs> I feel like South's, South's great when they're winning. They're great when they have momentum. They need another gear. They need another tough guy in the middle and they need, like you said, a plan B. I think they've got to go back and go, all right, now we're playing really good teams. How do we get into the chess game? How do we go, all right, they're now doing that to shut that side down. Now we've got to come back with another play because that's not going to get them into a grand final last night. They need another mode. Uh, Tavita Pangai Jr., his first game, 10 runs for 70 metres in 26 minutes. Keon Kalol Matungi, he's looking at two weeks out for a grade one crusher tackle on Brent Naden. Here's some of Wayne Bennett's press conference after the loss to the Penrith Panthers. Well... We're the number one ranked team in the competition for least penalties given, so it's not something we do. But we did tonight. Bit of confidence, though, Wayne, too, that, like you said, you're not known for giving away penalties, so it's something you can fix. It's not like something that's... It's something we had fixed that we, we, we had under control, so it's not it's not really been part of our game, so we just had a bad night with it for, for whatever reason, but we did, and we have to live with that, but it's not it's not something we have to really a lot of attention to because we've been so good at it all season virtually well we just got to go back and look at a few things you know lots of good things we did there tonight so it's a lot better than Dubbo okay so we've come that far we just got uh, a few more things we've got to fix up a little bit yeah he makes a point I suppose a lot better than Dubbo so yeah. that's he's talking about when they last flogged yeah and he's fantastic at what a coach. I mean, diverting the attention in the end. They, yeah. They've been beaten by, what was it, 25 12 in the end. Yeah. yeah. You know, 25 when, when in the second two half. Two weeks out from a semis. I, I, I think he'll be really disappointed. But, um, but, but he's great at just going, you know what? He won't play that up in the media. He won't hit any, no panic buttons, you know. He, he handles that. He's so experienced in this situation. Um, but I think he'll be disappointed, especially leading 12 0. 11 2, the penalty count against them. 11 mm. and, and geez, I tell you what, Twitter is getting more and more of a cesspool. Mm. People are coming out saying that, 
oh, the, you know, the league's doing everything they can to make Penrith win the comp. I mean, do people honestly believe this sort of stuff? Yeah. Do people honestly believe that Abdo and they're all saying, righto, referees, get in here. We've got to do what we can to make Penrith win. Do people believe that would be the case? Honestly, where, where does this junk come from? I know. I mean, they say that about the Prime Minister and, and the Vax and all the stuff. You look at Scotty on holidays in a Hawaiian shirt, that guy aren't <laughs> any. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? Like... And the fact is, Abdo and, and Valandis, they're just trying to organise travel for players mm. and keeping them out of, keeping your Josh Dugans out of trouble. Mm, yeah. Like, you know, there's no big theory. And also, if there was one, why wouldn't you want the Rabbitohs to win the comp? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, That's, why yeah. would you choose Penrith? Like, I know. I know. You'd, you'd want the, you'd want, well, who would you want? The Broncos and Melbourne. who would bring the most TV? <laughs> Broncos, Melbourne. Is yeah. that like, Yeah, that's that. Broncos, Melbourne, so I think is the idea. So, if there's conspiracy yeah. theories and that, the Channel 9 winning, it's... Oh. Um, but I, I, you know, so I, I do find the bunker getting involved when it doesn't need it to um, annoying, you yeah. know. And, and I don't know the answer because I'm an actor. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I love footy. But I know that it's when, when the plays, six plays on, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like a guy sitting there in the bunker and he's having a vape and he's like, oh, should we pull this one back? Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. oh, this will piss off Phil Gould. What's yeah. this? <laughs> this was six plays ago. I oh, know. You know, let's rewind. Oh, look how angry he is. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are they doing? It? Why? It's it's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. It is over. It's like, you know, I, I just, I want them to resolve that because it really just kind of, it not only breaks your heart as a fan, but it's like the whole momentum of watching a game of sport is thwarted. Mm. When you're rewinding the show, yeah. you know what I mean? Let's keep playing. If the ref says, oh, I'm a bit confused, get in their bunker. Yeah. If he doesn't, stay out. That's right. That's right. Read uh, a book. Seagulls Se- 19. <laughs> write a book. Yeah. The ref- <laughs> write a book. Uh, I'd love to, you to write a book too, oh, Fitchy. Gee whiz, yeah. that'd be good. Uh, you want me to be your ghostwriter? Yeah. Yes. We'll have to put different names. <laughs> I'll start off describing the Finch bird. Yes. That'll be the forward. No, no forward you, by Joel Kane. No, you need to do the audio book and, oh, yeah. a- a- and have the interviews of the people in uh, in your voice, I just uh, did my own audio book for Plum. Did you? And yeah, after editing your book, which means you get to know every bloody comma, mm. then you go and spend six days reading it in a studio on your own. It's did you so find yourself changing things, or are you too late? It was too late. Yeah, yeah. I found a few mistakes though. <laughs> 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 Hang on, that's that was meant to be Monday, not Sunday. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, we have two, by the way. Uh, well, Seagulls 19 defeated the Raiders 18. Yeah. And, uh, well, Turbo late withdrawal. So that makes it a big, big win. The fact that they can get the points, push themselves towards the top four without using any of the turbo engine, that was fantastic for them. The Raiders led 12-0. Similarly to South Sydney, they came over the top of them. Charles Nickel Clockstad, a crucial error in the match in his return mm. game. Mm. Daly Cherry Evans, his kicking Perfect. game was unbelievable. Yeah. I tell you who was good, who hasn't been getting a lot of starting time, Moses Suley. Now, he was impressive, and a person who will be most impressed with that is Coach Anthony Griffin of the Dragons, of course, Moses Suley being uh, connected to the Dragons for next year. Moses Suley had a call from Anthony Griffin, is my understanding. Let's have a listen. Yeah, g'day. You've reached Moses. I'll leave a message after the tone. Here's the tone. Oh, yeah, good idea. Uh, Moses? Oh. your old mate, um, Anthony Hook Griffin here, um, (laughs) head coach of the um, St. George Dragons, Red V, the famous Red V. Um, Yeah, great game last night, mate. Uh, The wife and I were watching. Um, We uh, put a bit of uh, a couple of lamb chops under the grill and (laughs) sat back and just really enjoyed your work. And the wife, the wife loves a new haircut, don't you, love? 
Uh, yeah, we'd love to, uh, yeah, just let you know that um, we're big fans and, you know, depending on contract contract situations, uh, with Desi, uh, you'd be very welcome in the uh, the forward pack here at the Red Bull. There is a space for you and, and yeah, there's so much to offer, especially with the merger club. You've got two towns you can live in, um, wonderful Cogra, uh, which um, has so much going for it. Love, what's it got going for it? <laughs> It's close to other places, uh, like the Shire and, and Sydney. Not that you can go there, but uh, maybe one day you will be able to. Uh, Wollongong, there's a blowhole down there. Kembla Grange, a couple of six out of ten beaches. Um, the team's stacked with Queenslanders, and we all know how funny Queenslanders are. I mean, your, your manly jump is pretty much maroon anyway, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, Moses, um, if you'd like to have a coming again, as uh, a Catholic Christian joke there, oh, was that Lazarus Love, which was the one that rose anyway? Um, yeah, and if, if you like a barbecue, if you're prone to a barbecue, then you can always come over to our house. Um, the wife's a lovely cook and um, we'll marinate a few things, get the Claren Vale Reds out and just keep it nice and distanced and um, yeah. Yeah, give, give us a give us a give us a call. <laughs> yes. oh. Wow, do you reckon that? Do you reckon that's enough to get him over the line? Yes, oh, of course it is. That's the six out of ten beaches. Yeah. Six out of- <laughs> Welcome back to the best of crunch time, and the boys finish the show by taking a trip down memory lane with some of the greatest winning streaks of all time, as well on the back of the Melbourne Storm's 19-game unbeaten run. Have a listen. Okay, come on, Finchie. Let's, while you're hot, ready to go, take well, us back. What, what, circa what? 2009. 2009. Okay, so we, we win the GF. We later get taken off because we're only 18 million over the salary cap. And we get tickets to the, the birdcage. Yeah. Uh, I go there with Robbie Kearns and uh, Denny Williams, former Storm yeah. players. So there's the three of us. I'm in one of those fancy uh, marquees. <laughs> and as you walk out, there's... Bowls of uh, oranges yeah. as you go out. Anyway, we've had a bit to drink. It's the end of the day. Denny Williams grabs an orange, walks out the front of the marquee, and launches it back into the public section. Yeah. <laughs> we just laugh. We're walking off. Anyway, we meet his missus and Kearns' missus back at the pub uh, an hour later. We walk in, and everyone's gathered around Denny Williams' missus. Mm. He goes, Come on, what's, what's going on, darling? Is everything all right? She looks up, she's got a black <laughs> eye. She goes, what's going on? She goes, you wouldn't believe I got hit in the eye with an orange. Yeah. And then, <laughs> split it, she had a big split above the eye. He threw it back into the, just the, the public and hit his missus <laughs> in the eye. True, true story. Is that, I mean, is that proof that he's only got eyes for her? Or like, was that, they have some kind of invisible radar on each other that uh, doesn't matter where he looks, he's always going to be seen. Well, he's, he's one of the greats, Denny Williams. Oh, yeah. He's a champion. I, I did that in the um, telly movie, How's That? Mm. Um, where I was playing Rod Marsh. And uh, I was standing by the edge of the pool um, in a scene with Matt Lenevez, who was playing um, Dennis Lilly, and Damon Gamo, um, who was playing Greg Chappell. And it was a scene, I think, where the journalists were telling us that it was off, that one day cricket was off. And um, I, f- I threw a lemon at the, because we had a big fruit bowl of lemons, I threw a lemon at the journalist as he was walking off, hit him in the head. The actor <laughs> has not spoken to me <laughs> since that day. And I sent an apologetic, apologetic <laughs> DM and everything. No. no. No, I want anything to do Filthy. with you. I was improvising. Yeah. I thought, yeah. this is what Rod Marsh should do. He'd yeah. throw a lemon. Yeah. 
And it hit him. It hit yeah. him. You know, because that's how good Rob Marsh is with the ball. That's <laughs> the old sports bar at the uh, Coogee Bay Hotel. I guess yeah. it's still the same. I haven't been down there for a long time. This is going back about 20 years. Um, Steve Gillis, our manager, oh, he, yeah, he, wins, he wins the meat tray. Yeah. So we're down there. Anyway, I take a sausage out of the, the meat tray. <laughs> And I'm waiting for Chimes to put his bet on. Hurry up. And I turn around and there's a bloke reverse parking out the front. Yeah. So I get the, the sausage. I throw it across the sports bar. <laughs> goes out the double doors there. Across the footpath. The bloke had his passenger window down. Straight through the window onto his dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> sausage. Dinner, dinner is served. Dinner is served. <laughs> the... Um, yeah, keep the music going. I, mean, I want to take you back. See, see, for me, the Melbourne Cup, it's the day I look forward to. So the day yeah. after the Melbourne Cup, I already start counting the sleeps for the next one. It's 2013, and we board the train, which is the best way to get to Flemington. And it's a packed train. It's about 10.30 in the morning, and you're having your first drink at about 11 a.m. And we actually have a runner in the race, right? This is in the listed race. So the listed race, which is the second best race on Melbourne Cup Day, it happens the race before the Melbourne Cup, mm. right? So, a race after, a race before Melbourne Cup. So you're not allowed into the. No, in fact, in fact, sorry, my apologies. It happens after the Melbourne Cup hour race, right? right? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm certain <laughs> on that now. So you're not allowed into the enclosure until the race before yours finishes. In our case, it's the Melbourne, Melbourne Cup, Cup, right? So Fiorente's nose goes past the post and Gay Waterhouse wins her first Melbourne Cup as a trainer, right? So we are now allowed into the owner's enclosure. So we uh, rush down there, right? And there's all this mayhem. The Melbourne Cup's just been run and won. And we've lost each other and all the fanfare. And all of a sudden I see this crowd heading up the hill, all joyous and celebratory, and off they go. And they're going to the champagne room, right? Oh. So I just start to follow them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've lost my mates. And next thing you know, I'm greeted by this lady in a green vest, the VRC vest. Yeah. And I'll never forget her name, Margaret, right? Margaret's about 70. <laughs> and Margaret hands me this champagne, champagne, right? And she says, sir, you've just won the Melbourne Cup. What a feeling, right? <laughs> so I scull the champagne. <laughs> and I give her a big kiss. And she says, how does it feel, sir, to win the Melbourne Cup? I said, Margaret. It feels surreal like it hasn't <laughs> happened, you know. <laughs> so, so we go in there and we're celebrating, blah, 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 blah. And, and when, when you're in a horse, there's all these different mm. connections, so you don't know everyone. And I'm leading the charge. We're sculling. And I've met Gay Waterhouse before. So my modus operandi is to celebrate but leave the room mm. before Gay gets there because she knows I've got nothing to do with this horse. Mm. So anyway, like the screens in this room, time flies when you're having fun. And I look up in the corner and there's a little TV screen there. And the number five with the chequered sleeves is going into the barriers, which is our horse. So to which I say to my fellow owners of the Melbourne Cup winner, I say, guys, I've got to go. I said, I've got another horse running, uh, but I'll see you tonight for the celebrations. <laughs> and they're all chicken the champagne. Good luck. And they've all backed number five and off we go. So I'm cut running out of the champagne room and I go to the grandstand and I look, oh, there's the boys waving. The race has started. And I sit down next to the boys. Anyway, there's 110,000 people or so at the track. Right, And after the Melbourne Cup, people just want to get out of trouble and they pile into the favourite, which happens to be our horse. Around the bend and up the rise they come and Salon Soldier, there's plenty of room for Salon Soldier. And Jimmy Cassidy says, let's go. The roar of Flemington starts to bellow and Salon Soldier will win the listed race. <laughs> We're climbing over each other. We're, you know, flying. Anyway, time flies when you're having fun. Next thing you know, 
the leader of the syndicate, he's saying, boys, we've got to go. I don't know where we're going, right? Yeah. So I'm just following my mates. But next thing you know, I'm greeted by an oh-so-familiar face. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> Sir, two in a row in Melbourne Cup Day. I've never seen this in history. I skull the champagne. I give her a kiss. Now I'm calling her Margie, right? Yeah. We've progressed past Margaret. <laughs> She says, sir, how does it feel? I've never seen this in my time, 40 years at the VRC, somebody getting two in a row on Melbourne Cup Day. I said, Margie, can I tell you a secret? She said, you sure can, sir. She said, I'm a vault. You can tell me anything. I said, Margie, I don't know why, but for some reason, this feels better than the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you and Margaret have been married ever since. We've been married but ever since. So you're like Kramer when he wins the Tony. <laughs> yes. and he just goes along with it in the crowd. Oh, great memories. Great memories. But uh, great memories were set for the Melbourne Storm, boys. 19 wins in a row. Yeah. And, and you know what was most impressive about that for me was the Roosters of 75. Every interview I've seen from one of those Roosters players. So you can fall into the trap, old players, by saying, oh, back in our day, everything was better, back in our day. These guys of the 1975 Roosters have been so classy Mm. in how they've handled it. And they've actually gone the other way, saying, we're so privileged along the lines of to be joined by such a great team, being the Melbourne Storm. But what I love most about this record happening, it has shone the light on the Roosters of 1975, Mm. of what how great a side... They are or were, how great a side they were, and maybe have been forgotten about. But now, thanks to the Melbourne Storm, we're now talking about the 1975 Roosters. And the funny thing is, Sugar, if they don't win the grand final, that's right. The Melbourne Storm, they won't be the same as the 75 Roosters. So, no. You know, that was the, you know, the, the full stop for the 75 Roosters. They went back to back in 75. Yeah. So they, they had the. You know, the record, mm. you know, and then I think they lost one or two games. They lost to St. George in the major semi. Right. St. George went through to the semi- grand final first. So they didn't win all no, the way through to the grand no, final? No, no, no. St. George beat them. St. George beat them twice that year. Wow. Uh, St. George won the major semi, uh, went straight through to the grand final, and Roosters come back and then flogged them in the. It was 5 0 at half time. Uh, and that was the Chang with the, the white boots. Yeah. And the Roosters just smashed him in the second half. But that's the full stop to win the grand final. And Belliac spoke about it. He's obviously a footy nut. So to be compared or mentioned in the same breath as the 75 team, you know, yeah. he, you know, they're one of the greats, you know, one of the great teams coached by Jack Gibson, captain Arthur Beetson, one of the best of all time. So, you know, but for the, the boys, you know, they weren't even born then, you know no. what I mean? So, and in the end, if they don't win the grand final, it's... It really does matter. And, and that's been his whole focus. Yeah. Anyway, here's Craig Bellamy on the winning streak of the Melbourne Storm. To be quite honest, I'm really proud of this group for you know, being able to win 19 in a row. Like That's that's, you know, that's hard to do um, in any era, I'd imagine, but certainly you know, the era that we're in now. Um, so, you know, like I, I you know, look on it as I'm really proud of um, you know the playing groups, what they've done. Um, you know, it hasn't been pretty at times without doubt. But you know, that's that's how footy footy goes. You know, there's um, there's ups and there's downs. It's like you know anything else in life. So to be able to you know win 19 games, especially in the situation circumstances we're in, um, as I said, I'm, you know, I'm really proud of this group. Yeah, so he should be 19 in a row in such a brutal sport trying to go back-to-back. And as you said, Finchie, a lot of similarities, you know, to that Rooster side of 1975 mm. 
in, in the fact that you're trying to go back-to-back, a long winning streak. Um, well done there to the Melbourne Storm. What, what are some of the great winning streaks in sports that come to mind? Let us know, 0457 736 736, 0457 736 736. Let us know. Any come to mind for you, boys? Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, a winning streak that comes to mind for me, 81 matches in a row, Rafael Nadal. One, One on the clay court. In fact, I think he won over 100 uh, at Roland Garros mm. in a row. So there you go. That's what another was one of those. the West Indies cricket team in that Fire in Babylon? God, that's a great documentary. I've not seen that. Have you not seen Fire no. in Babylon? Have a look mm. at that, Doco. That is unbelievable. Wow. Oh, where are we so seeing, where are we seeing about, that? Um, on the internet somewhere. <laughs> um, no, it's. I think it'll be on your Apple TV or something. It was a doco. It was out about eight years ago or something, Fire in Babylon. And it's about – I don't think they lost a test for 13 years. Did and they? it was the Joel Garner. Test series? Test series? Series? Yeah, maybe a test series, match. yeah. Um, again, I um, paraphrase myself, but um, yeah, the Jeffrey Dujon, Gordon Greenwich, yeah. Malcolm Marshall, Desmond Joel Haynes. Garner, Richard, and they Richardson. were ju- and they played, you know, and they were playing Botham and Gadding and all those kind of guys. So twenty-seven matches between eighty-two and eighty-four, they did not lose. lose. Yeah, that's what it's about, and you see all that great old cricket, and you know, I think it's changed for the West Indies with cricket now. They're a bit more NBA focused. Yeah. A lot of the young yep. fellas, I think ESPN's pumped in there, yep. and they all want the Want to have the the um you know the life of LeBron James mm, not so nice, much the, the 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 Test match yeah. life but God what a team oh, what, a, what, a, what a, I used to just watch them serve if you could yeah, be twenty percent as cool as them oh mate did they not scream coolness yes. oh they did and just and the way they played aggressive and you know those battles yeah that big open collars with the gold Moore. chains yeah. And, yeah. But geez, they could play. Yeah, they were good. They backed it up. Facing Joel Garner. Mm. Oh, give a look. But, you that, but then, you, oh. then you see him off, and Curtly Ambrose comes down there. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, good. Well, he didn't take my head off. <laughs> oh, Curtly's coming. That, that's been a big demise, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, like they were such a powerhouse, yeah. the West Indian cricket team. And I remember back in those days, there was no 2020 at the time. And grab the music, please. Uh, amen. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, boys. Do you remember when, you know, you'd, there was no 2020s? No, that was good. The white ball was a big game back yeah. in those days. It was the 50-over edition, and it was Australia versus West Indies. And every match would come down to the last over. Yeah. Wouldn't oh. it? Tony Gregg, would be saying that there's the West Indians, nine runs off six balls they require. Yeah. And that, back in those days, was a, yeah, a, lot. Was a challenge. Yeah. Like Terry Alderman's coming in to bowl or mm. Carl Rackerman. Yeah. Mm. A ball would be hit yeah. over the sight screen and yeah. Tugger Steve would yeah. emerge with the yeah. ball yeah. in his hand and with his the red rag out the back yeah. back of the buttocks. You know, <laughs> he's oh great times. Augustine Logie would be there near to the batsman chirping away. Jeffrey Desmond Dijon. Haynes and Greenwich would Desmond open. Haynes. Yes. Oh, they were a brick wall, weren't they? Oh. Trying to break that partnership. Richie Richardson then, with um, the brim hat. Who was the who was the number three batsman? Richie, two I'm Jays, wasn't it? Um, was it Richie Richardson? Richie Richardson, it? yeah, number three. Gordon Viv, Greenwich. Viv Richards would be asleep and yeah. then asked to come out to the middle. Yeah, Viv put one on. Yeah, Jeffrey Dujon was the keeper who would bat as well. Carl Hooper. Carl Hooper. Oh, what a team! And, and then the, the tales of the cool Viv Richards, where he'd be going playing county cricket in England, mm. and he's not seen the ball very well. He's none from five. He's striking out. Mm. To which the young bowler, the upstart of England, says, Viv, do you not know what this thing looks like? 
for your information, it weighs this amount, six stitches, those things. It's red. Viv said, thanks, Scoop. So the young upstart goes back to his uh, mark, charges in, to which Viv just whacks the ball out of the ground. He says, young start, since you know so much about the ball, go and find why it. don't you even go and find yeah. it? You, you know what it looks like, now go and find it. Yes. If you ever go, if you're ever at the members of the SCG, I, I think it's still there, but in that Bradman Museum, there's Clive Lloyd's bat, mm. oh. and the handle on it yeah. is is mm. like a thigh. Wow. Mm. Like, you can't get, like how he held this thing, yeah. let alone carved up runs, it mm. is enormous. Big handle. Yeah, yeah big handle. <laughs> Kenneth Benjamin, his, his yes. son was at the Olympics this year. Mm. Very, very uh, in what sport? Uh, in the Track. 200 or the 400, I think. Yeah, have it, check out that fire in Babylon. And that's it for another week of Crunch Time. Remember, you can catch the boys live every Saturday from 12 o'clock. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can catch up on the podcast. Just search Crunch Time NRL. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.